Welcome to the We Invested Podcast, where we teach you how to save and make more cash. I'm your host, Wesley Earp, and this is Season 4, Episode 4. And on this episode, we sit down with Quay Man, the founder and CEO of OCA Maintenance and the CEO of Cooper & Associates. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it. Today on the We Invested Podcast, we have with us Quay Man. And he is the founder and CEO of OCA Maintenance and Cooper and Associates Real Estate. Quay, what's going on, brother? How you feeling today? Man, I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for joining us too, man. So before we get started, bro, can you let the people know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, on uh, Facebook, you can just find me by my name, Quavius Quay Man. Um, <clears throat> and that's pretty much the easiest uh, Snapchat and uh, Instagram tags is uh, Quayman underscore CEO. Um, Twitter is Quayman underscore tune in. For sure, bro. For sure. So let's jump straight into it, man. What is OCA maintenance? Um, OCA maintenance is a one-stop shop um, that pretty much we handle pretty much all your majority uh, home remodel needs. Um, we uh do a, offer a number of services from flooring, painting, window, door installation, um, exterior siding, exterior painting, handyman repairs, um, and another numerous uh, of services. For sure, brother, for sure. And so how did you get started in this space? Um, I got started with home remodeling. And actually, I got started with real estate first and property management. Um, and I was using a lot of uh, independent uh, vendors to service our properties that we manage um, and kind of just caught interest from there. And it was like, oh, let's start a, a, another company and see if we can get in this space as well and, and you know, come from a, all angles as far as like the real estate industry as a whole and the For construction sure. industry. For sure, man. And I think, I think that you're the first person that I interviewed, man, out of 40, 50 some interviews. Um, person that runs two companies at one time so it's like you're wearing yes. two hats at once yeah. uh, and i originally discovered you i originally found out that you had oca maintenance and then as i kept digging and kept doing my research you know i also found out that you're the founder and ceo of cooper and associates real estate so you know what's it like to balance these two um you know different companies or different entities that that kind of feed off each other and play off each other what's it like wearing both hats yeah. Um, I mean, just to start off, too, you know, I, I founded uh, OCA. I did found Cooper and Associates just to uh, give her um, her rewards and her, and her appreciation. Um, Janice Cooper actually founded uh, Cooper and Associates. I just took over the operations for her. Um, but I mean, man, this is pretty, you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, like I said, we try to come from all different angles in the construction and in the um, real estate industry. And they all intertwine. Um, essentially, it is two businesses, but I tell people sometimes it's actually three because uh, in, within our location, we do sales, um, real estate sales, so we can help anyone buy or sell a, a property located in North Carolina. Um, and we also do property management. Um, property management, right now, we manage, um, I can't think of the exact number over off the top of my head because we just added a group of properties, but we're, we're a little bit over 450 properties right now. 
Um, and then we also, uh, with OCA Maintenance, which is the home remodel and the home construction, um, construction company, I mean, that's that's every day. We're, we're able to have in-house teams that we can offer to our clients to help service their um, properties and keep it running and managing it and efficient as, as possible if they want to go that route. Um, OCA Maintenance also does public orders as well. So if anybody wanted to call in and have us come out, take a look at what they need to get done, um, we have the platform to do that as well. But getting started, that was the ideal as, as far as if we could get uh, an in-house team to help with the volume of the repairs that's needed for our property management and our clients when we're working with buying and selling. For sure, man. That's genius. That's genius, brother. So what, if we back it up a little bit, what originally got you, I guess, interested in real estate? Like, how did you get bit with that bug, that real estate bug? Man, it's kind of funny because I always said I would never do it. My, my mother and my, my aunt um, growing up, they both were real estate brokers in North Carolina. Um, and I was just like, that's not something I see myself doing. You know how it is growing up, especially as a young man. Uh, you know, you sometimes you could be rebellious to what moms and uh, what, what aunt might do. Um, but, uh, you know, um, as I got older and, uh, you know, once I was done with school and, and everything that I had going on and was just trying to see what the next steps were, um, at first I just came back and I was like, I was just going to help out, help out, uh, help them get some things under control that they were, they were trying to manage um, and just, you know, see what I could do here until I find that next calling for myself. Uh, I got into it, man, and I just realized I, I loved it. it. It had some traits that, you know, I pride myself on it was a it's an extremely competitive industry so I was like yeah this is something for me you know I could I could bring some habits and some traits that I already have built with other things to this and, and see what I could do with it for sure man and so you know kind of speaking on school and competitiveness um you know you went to Duke University and you know you 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 play football out there man so how was that experience for you and how do you think that experience kind of helped you become who you are today? Uh, the experience was great, man. It was great. It opened, it opened up some new doors for me. It opened up my eyes to a bunch of things that I hadn't been exposed to um, before. So, you know, I have no complaints about it. I, I was able to network and meet some great people, um, people from different, all different types of backgrounds that do. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that Duke offered for me. Uh, the first thing when people hear Duke, they think about is their education. Um, but the network, the network that comes with it is so valuable and so strong. Um, and then as far as playing football, you know, just the things that I, I mean, football in general, at Duke, my time at Duke, and then my time just playing football throughout the years growing up. You know, I, I pride myself on a lot of things that come up with football. And, you know, that's being competitive. That's, uh, you know, having grit. Um, being knowledgeable, being able to pick up and, and learn things in a short time frame. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things for me, I think I've learned from football is just being able to handle adversity, man, being able to, when things seem like they might be taking a long turn, to, you know, just stay level-minded and go even harder. So, you know, that's the, I think that's the biggest thing that, there's a lot of different things that translates over. But I think that's the biggest thing for me that I stand on is just being able to handle whatever I'm faced with. For sure, brother, for sure. And so, you know, with these different hats that you wore, you know, throughout your life, so from the football hat to the 
uh, founder hat to the CEO hat. Um, you know, which one would you say is your favorite or which one would you say means the most to you? Ah, the CEO founder thing is still new, man. So I'm still getting hit with things every day and I'm still learning what I like about it. But right now, um, I would, uh, you know, football, even though I'm not playing still, still that first love. You know, I, I started playing football when I was what, seven or eight and didn't stop till I was 24. So, you know, I still got a love for the game. I don't play anymore, but I still got a love for the game. But like I said, I, I learned a lot of things from it that, um, are translating over and then I'm, I'm using um, with this new path. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good. I'm learning. I'm loving more the path I'm on and what I'm learning day to day. For sure, brother, for sure. And so, you know, it looks like you made a move from Rocky Mount to Charlotte. So, you know, what was the idea behind that move? And, you know, how has that enhanced your business or even enhanced your personal life by just making that move to a different city? Yeah, I mean, I ended up in Charlotte uh, when I was getting ready out of in the studio while I'm trying to this thing and I talk. Um, while I was getting ready um, to take the next step with football and I was doing my collegiate career, that's actually what got me in Charlotte at first. Um, I was down there training for my pro day and everything. Um, and then uh, my girlfriend at the time, my fiance now, she was already living in Charlotte, went to Charlotte. So to be honest, man, that's why I'm still there. You know, happy wife, happy life. Um, you know, she loves Charlotte, but I, I love Charlotte as well. I, I was able to, um, you know, again be exposed to some new experiences, and I just saw the growth in Charlotte. And I just, you know, Charlotte is a place where you just go and you can be creative, man. You can see some new things and just learn some things that you could bring back to your hometown and help develop your hometown with. So. Um, that was the biggest thing for me right now. Um, as far as transitioning back and forth, I make it work. And I, I decided to stay there just because, again, it just gives me a broader area to network, um, a broader area to, to meet different people. I'm not always stationed in one city. Um, so from Charlotte to Rocky Mount, um, I'm, I'm working all, all the way down out of 85. You know, I do a, a lot of my stuff um, is in the Triangle area, Durham, Raleigh, Chapel Hill. Uh, and Rocky Mountain and Charlotte. For sure, man. That's dope. That's dope, brother. And correct me if I'm wrong, man, but I think I saw something on Facebook. Did you have did you have like a recent project going on in Rocky Mount or or in the triangle somewhere? It looked like it was some big project going on where they had artists involved and just all different kind of um people. It looked like they were, I guess, painting on the street or something like that. Yeah, so um yeah, our company, OCA Maintenance Court, was able to contract um, with a, a private group here in the city of Rocky Mount to paint a mural in front of the, the event center located downtown. Um, and then the message behind that mural pretty much is what we did is we painted the words in racism on the street right in front of the event center. Um, and uh, each letter, we, we did a different mural. Uh, we also partnered with some private and individual artists to kind of team up with us and help us, uh, you know, create and bring their creative uh, expertise to the table and, you know, be able to just, you know, just be able to give a good pro product and um, have a good finished finish product. So that was amazing, man. That was an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, they're actually doing a, um, a reveal 
this weekend for the city and that they're, they're doing an event and everything. I think they're supposed to have like some uh you know local vendors and food trucks and things out there um for it. So I'm excited about it, man. And I was glad to be a part of it. And, you know, I think it, it was definitely something um that's gonna go down in history. Um and you know, as a team, us being able to be a part of that, I mean we couldn't say nothing. Nah, man, that's amazing. And that's definitely a, a legendary move, man. So how did it feel when you, you know what I'm saying, when you booked that deal or when you, you know, you found out, okay, you get to be a part of this project and it's something that your name will be tied to forever, like throughout the history of Rocky Mountain. How did that moment feel for you? I mean, man, it was, you know, it was a moment where you had to kind of reflect. And um, I can't even, I was proud, but I can't even say, I think at the, at the beginning, I understood what this could mean. You know, and that's what I, I, I told um, our team is, you know, we got we have to understand right now we're about to be a part of something that um, hopefully and potentially our kids could grow up and go out there and show it to the next person to be like my, my mother, my father was a part of this. So that was the biggest thing was just, you know, all of us understanding that this wasn't an individual thing. This didn't have anything with individual accolades. We're part of something uh, that the city is coming together to do. And, you know, we just we just a piece of the puzzle. So, I mean, I, I was happy to be a part of it, man. But I, I also understood this day was way bigger than me. I, I'd be self, you know, selfish a little bit to kind of just say, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm about to do this. Like, nah, it's, it was a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people that play a part in this thing. Uh, For sure, brother. That's dope. That's dope, man. So, you know, with you wearing two hats, man. And, and running two different businesses or two businesses that are intertwined, like you said, um, what would you say is the importance for you personally um, having multiple streams of income? The important? Oh, man, I mean, it's, having multiple sources um, and streams of income is, is extremely important, uh, especially if, you know, your end game and your end goal um, is to create financial freedom for yourself. Um, you know, just being able to um, have those different streams, you know, you always got support. So if, if one thing for, for any reason is just not going out how it might usually go or it's not producing how you would like to produce, uh, you always got that other stream as, as a backbone or the other streams, however many streams you've created for yourself um, as backbones um, to support one another so you know um it's extremely important for those who are seeking financially freedom and two i mean i'll say this man i think people get confused sometimes with thinking that multiple streams of income mean i got three or four jobs like that's not the case man you don't have to have three or four jobs to have multiple streams of income you know get out here get some you know learn read some books do some research um improve your financial literacy and you'll understand like having multiple streams of income don't mean I got to clock in this part, this place, this place, this place, you know? So, um, there's, but it's, a, it's extremely important, man. And, and like I said, if your end goal is financial freedom or one of your goals is financial freedom, definitely learn about multiple streams of income and how that can help. Nah, that's a fact, bro. You definitely gave some free, some free game and some free gems in this, um, and what you just said, man, it's very important for the people to, you know, read up and do their own research so they can see that, like you said, bro, just because you have multiple streams of income doesn't mean you have nine different jobs or you clock in nine different places. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, with having such a you know a busy schedule like you do, man, what what does the average day look like for you? Like, what's what's the day to day for you? I'm sorry, man. I'm having connection issues. What was that last part of that question? So, what's your day to day like? What's your daily routine, or 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 what does it look like for you day to day? Um, you know, wearing these two different hats. Okay, yeah. I mean, so for the most part, man, I try to have it mapped out every day. I have time slots in them. They're filled up from the time um, I step into the office, which is usually between about any time, about 7.30 to about 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, and our office opens at 9 till, you know, about 6 or 7 at night. It's just I'm mapping out every hour. I'm, I'm mapping out in 30-minute increments and just know I'm going to be this place and that place. I try to stay to that, but, you know, sometimes in this business, something comes up that, needs immediate attention so it ends up, it ends up you know sometimes I'm, I'm all off I'm all over the place but for the most part I try to stick to the schedule um biggest thing is you know I try to prioritize the things that I know need my attention and then you know just having the people surrounding me that I could delegate uh certain tasks and certain assignments to to pick up that I trust to get it done for sure bro for sure and so you know when you were getting started how did you know that you had the right business idea? That's a good question. Um, I'm, I mean, for me, you know, I have a lot of self-confidence and self-accountability. So I, I, honestly, man, I'm going to say I don't, I don't think I knew I had the right business idea. I think I knew I had found myself and I knew I was going to make it work. So I, I knew whatever came from it, man, I was going to be able to adapt to it and, and learn from it and, and make the tweaks that I need to. Now, I would say this. I knew, and I, I mean, and like I said, if you do your research, you just listen to people talk. Um, a lot of people who have found success financially, a lot of times you hear them bring up real estate. And it's a different, it's a lot of different areas with real, real estate and a lot of different lanes you can get into, but that's a common factor that people always speak speak on. I knew I was I was headed in the right direction because I'm like, okay, I'm listening to this millionaire, I'm listening to this billionaire, uh, and they bringing up real estate as well. So I got to be on on the right path or something. Um, and then I think you know once I got into it, more so just the response, the response I was getting from my team and the people around here, and the response from clients and customers, um, and just numbers and results. I was like, okay. You know, let's do this thing. Like I already had a confidence, but you know, let's do it. And you can do this. And this is a good plan. Just map it out. Don't get complacent. Always make it, you know, improve and it'd be good to go. For sure, brother. For sure. That's a fact. And so um, you know, something that I, I hear you mention a lot. Um, you know, you, you mentioned a lot about delegating and uh you know, having people that you can trust and having the right people around you that you can lean on to get certain tasks done. So what is the importance of having a good team and how did you build your team? Um, Having a good team, man, is extremely important. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, no, no one person like can, can do everything, man. At the end of the day, you're going to, if you try to do anything by yourself, you won't hit a peak. So having those people um, that you can delegate and um, that can pick up tasks and that you can trust to handle their roles is extremely important. Um, and at the same time, it's, you know, stepping back and just having 
just being smart enough, like, okay, I might be good in this lane, but I I lack here. I'm not going to go find someone that's on the same level. I'm trying to find somebody that, you know, I can learn from them as well. Um, that's going to make us better in that lane. So, you know, you know, my thing is if we're going to collab on, on a project, I want you to be smarter than me in some aspects, and, I'll, and I'm going to be smarter than you in some aspects, and we're going to just feed off each other's strengths and learn to grow from each other. Um, and, you know, I think as far as building it, you know, that just takes time. You know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, energy gravitates to energy. So it just takes time, man. And, you know, you just got to learn how to pick and choose and see what traits and habits um, from yourself that you see in other people that you're like, okay, I think we can partner and we can work together for a collective goal. Um, so that, you know, um, my interview process is, I don't think I have a typical interview process. I'm not, you know, we go over some questions and things that you might hear at other places. But, you know, when you come in, I'm trying to, understand what type of person I'm about to be working with, what type of person can I trust you when, when the things are not as smooth or not as going as sweet, you know, um, do I think you can handle the pressure and can, do I think, like, I know I'm going to have your back when you have my back, you know, when it hits the fan. So I'm more so trying to build my team off of the, off the people and off the individual, man. For sure, brother, for sure. So, you know, throughout this journey, man, throughout your entrepreneurship journey, can you recall any specific roadblocks or lessons that you had to learn um, that you would like to pass down to somebody else so maybe they could avoid those same mistakes or roadblocks? Um, I mean, I think just on a more general scale, the best thing I can say is, is patience and persistence, um, especially with entrepreneurship. Like this, this thing don't click. It doesn't click the next day. It doesn't click in a year. It's, it's, it's multiple years. It's, it's time. Before you start to see things blossom, it's, it takes time. Uh, and you just got to enjoy and embrace the process uh, more than you enjoy and embrace the prize, you know. So you just got to be persistent and understand that, you know, things are going to occur. You know, what might be a roadblock for me might not be a roadblock for the next person. They might be able to adjust to it differently. But those just know that it is coming. You know, those downtimes, those roadblocks, those things that just seem like they come out of nowhere, they're coming. So it's just more so about how you react to it and how you prepare for it, in my my opinion. And again, like I said, you just got to stand on patience and, and having some persistence and just seeing it through. For sure, brother, for sure. And so what would you say is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? I'm sorry. I need you to repeat that. I got caught off. What would you say is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? Favorite part? Um, uh, the freedom. The freedom. And and when I say the freedom, I'm not even talking about financially. Um, because I think... Um, I think, too, uh, a lot of people think with entrepreneurship, you know, the first thing I would say that I hear at least, or the common thing is, you know, I get to work for myself. I don't get an answer to nobody. You know, I get to do this. That, I mean, that's not true. You always have someone to answer to, whether it's your clients or your or your customers. You know, in a sense, you always got someone to answer to. 
um, whether it is your team, you know, you know, how your decision, you know, what the the reaction to that, how's that going to affect the next person? You're answering to something. So when I say freedom, I just mean the freedom to be able to create, the freedom to be able to, you know, actually have some control of the decisions that I can make um, and the freedom to be able to, you know, just map it out and make it and adjust it how we want it to look. Um, that's the biggest thing for me, man. It's just, you know, just the freedom to be able to create, the freedom to be able to, to test myself, the freedom to be able to say, no, this is not just the limit for me. I don't have a stop here. What's next? You know, uh, what what can we put in play to to go on to the next thing, move on to the next thing, and uh, see see how we can, uh, you know, see just see what we can offer to this field as well and this lane. For sure, brother, for sure. So what would you say is the single most important reason for your success? The single most important what? The single most important reason for your success. Um, shoot, again, my team, my team and just my support system, man. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I'm steady trying to grow my team, um, of course, in, in order for us to be able to be exposed to bigger platforms and bigger opportunities. But the support system that I I have now, um, again, with my fiance, the things that she do in order uh, to help and, and, and come back, um, the things that come with entrepreneurship and my hitting and busy schedule, um, my business partner and, and, and my day one friend, um, you know, uh, we, we talk about everything. We do everything together. Um, you know, my parents, of course, and then like my team with actually within the office and out there in the field doing the jobs, just being able you know, to trust them to pick up roles that I, I can't do and I can't be here at every, every place. You know, that's the, that's the greatest and the biggest thing towards the success. Got to have the team right. Got to have the people around you right. For sure, bro. For sure. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, so throughout your business journey, man, can you... Can you recall a specific fight or flight moment during your journey? Like um um like man, it's either it's either all or nothing or it's either this gonna happen or it's not gonna happen. I'm not just gonna do it. Can you recall like a critical moment like that? Yeah, true. Yeah, I'll be honest, I would say my decision to just come and do this, man. Um, like I said, I was based in Charlotte, I had a job in Charlotte. Um, a job where there was an opportunity to make a, a lot, a lot of money. Um, and I was jumping, you know, I was just taking a jump with like, and I was just like, man, I can sit here and I can make what I'm looking at making, or I could go here and I could, like I said, I could create and just see, you know, what I can do for myself. Um, so taking that decision, man, just the start, I would say that's the biggest because I was pretty much coming to something where I already knew like, um, there was gonna be some some trials and some tribulations and some things that need to change. Um, so the beginning and the start for me was the biggest thing, you know, just having that faith um, in God and in the situation and in myself to to just say, yo, this is what we're gonna do. Um, I'm gonna make this decision and I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure that it was the right decision. So, who do you look up to for inspiration and why? Um, 
in general or like just on business or personal? In general, it can be both business or personal. My grandfather, man, my grandfather. Um, I tell any everybody that, man. Um, you know, the first thing I tell people is, you know, when I was younger, my grandfather was a, a vital part in raising me, and I learned so much from from a man that has a third grade education. You know, my grandfather grew up on a farm. Uh, that was most of his life. Didn't get past uh, elementary grade level, but. I was able to learn so much from from him because he he had like when they just come to creative intelli intelligence and just you know just the intelligence you know just for the lack of the better word just to having the intelligence to be able to make things function and just understanding functionality man I, I learned so much from him and I understood I understood I mean I understand the importance of education as well but I just understood the importance of you know the mind in general and what you can do with your mind, you know? And so, and again, he'll it, always be my greatest inspiration for sure. That's dope, brother. That's dope. So how do you define success as an entrepreneur? Um, how do you find success as an entrepreneur? I mean, at the end of the day, I think success is just come with, you know, and then that you got a mission. So, you know, doing whatever you, you can do and come back and every, anything that you come back to get that mission done. Um, I think, you know, once that mission is done, you, you can say it's success. And But it's, you know, it's different, different levels and different missions. Um, just like if you were playing a video game, you know, you might succeed and, and pass a mission, but then next mission coming. So uh, I think success is just, you know, having a, an ideal of what a, a milestone or end goal, whatever you want to call it is for yourself, um, attaining that and being successful. But also to sustain to sustain success is just not being complacent and be like, okay, I reached this one. Now what's the next thing that I need to go and, and, and knock out and complete? For sure, bro, for sure. So how would you like for people to remember you and your companies? Um, I mean, just the day-to-day the -day traits and habits that, I mean, what, what I tell our team is the day-to-day -day traits and habits and the culture we, we build within this office and within a team, um, that should translate to the people that, you know, are introduced to us or the people that we're, you know, uh, interacting with. They should definitely feel our culture. They should definitely feel how we, how we do things, um, and no, they should be able to under, they should be able to understand that like if you're a part of what we got going on, it's a certain standard, it's a certain it's a certain aura that you're gonna bring with whatever your role is uh, that you're gonna bring with you. So um, I think the biggest thing I want people to be able to gain from that is I want them to be able to see and say, oh, this is how they do things, and I feel that when I have my interaction with them, whatever that interaction was. So what would you say the future of your companies look like? That first bar got cut off, my bad. What would you say the future of your companies look like? So what does that future look like to you? Yeah, um, man, shoot. There's no limit for us, man. You know, like I said, I'm the type of person, once we hit a milestone, we're going on to the death one. 
And I don't, some milestones, I don't even know what they are yet because I ain't been exposed to it. But uh, I think the future for my company is just to keep continue to blossom, continue to blossom and continue to grow our platform, continue to grow our teams uh, and just continue to create as many opportunities um, for as many people that can be a part of it. So, you know, what does that look like on the physical form? Of course, multiple locations, uh, multiple departments, mo- multiple services, multiple multiple things that you could come and get get pretty much in a one-stop shop type scenario. Um, you know, that's what the physical looks like. So it's, it's a lot of things, man, in the notebook that we got to tap into that we ain't got to yet, but it's written. Uh, and, you know, I believe you got to write it out first and then the physical manifests itself. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a bright future for us. I say that confidently. It's a bright future. That's a fact, brother. That's a fact, man. Hey, I appreciate your time today, bro. But look, before we get out of here. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate yeah, you at, for sure. At the end of every podcast, bro, we like to play a rapid fire question game. Three questions. So if you're down for it, I'll go ahead and start asking them. Okay, I think I got a little delay on yours, so don't think it ain't that rapid. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good, bro. It's all good. So, look, question number one Where's your favorite place to travel? You said favorite place to, tra- to what? To travel. Ah, mm. um, that's a good one, man. Um, I'm a fan of Florida, man. I, I've been to a couple of different, just the state of Florida in general. Uh, I've been to a couple of different cities in Florida, but every city I went to, I had something to offer that I, you know, I, I had a good time. So I say Florida right now. Florida, then Mexico. I threw two in there, but I know. <laughs> no, that's hard, though. That's hard. So look, question number two. What song explains your life the most? Oh, that's a good one, man. Uh, it depends on the mood, but I mean, at the end of the day, man, whatever mood I am, you turn on that dreams of nightmare, it's gonna turn me up. <laughs> that dream of nightmare will get me going. So I say, meet meal dreams of nightmare, man. It's just, I don't know, that thing come on, you just you put me in a whole <laughs> different zone. I'm, I'm ready to go, whatever, whatever the task is here, let's get it done. That's a fact, that's a fact. And look, final question, bro. What's an amazing thing that you did that no one was around to see? That's a dope question. Um, yeah, nobody's around to see. Um, I'll say, man, I guess I'll say, yeah. I mean, from time to time, man, you know, sometimes I like to try to if I feel moved or it just put on my heart, but if I see somebody that I think could, could you know, use a good meal or something, I try to give them a meal. Um, and I did that one time. I think I was at a subway. And I'm, I guess the guy was from the staff was familiar with him, but make a long story short, when we went in there, I was just going to buy them some food. They try to get them out. I'm like, no, nah, he's like, we're about to pay. We're paying customers. And man, we just sat. We actually ended up sitting down in the subway. I was in Durham. We actually ended up sitting down, having a quick little meal, but just talking, man, and just getting the perspective of somebody in that situation. It was just like, I know that was God. It was just like, yo, this is a moment that I need to be in. I was in a rush. I probably was about to go out or something somewhere, but, you know, that situation ended up being. So that's something I always remember. 
Nah, that's dope, brother. Quay, man, I appreciate your time, bro. And I, hey, bro, I definitely learned a lot from this one, man. But I feel like the thing that I took away from this the most, man, and what I respect about you the most, bro, is that you humble. You know what I'm saying? Like, through all this success, man, through all this responsibility, through all the pressures that come with owning the business and, um, you know, being a, a decent person in society, bro, with all the pressures that come with that, it's like you still stay humble and you still give credit to, to those that deserve the credit, man. So I, I appreciate your time, bro, and I appreciate you being humble. Like, I know you're going to be big, bro. Yeah, man. Hey, man, I, hey, I'm appreciative as well. I appreciate you thanking Holly enough to put me on your platform and to your audience, man. So I wish you the best success with what you're doing too, bro. Thank you, bro.